Welcome to the Designing Better Lives podcast, where we talk about all things design and the impact that intentionality can have on our lives. To learn more, visit us at designbetterlives.com. You can view a transcript of this podcast, articles, and more information that will connect you to the Designing Better Lives community. Welcome and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Designing Better Lives. Today's guest is Eric Farrell. Eric is the CEO of the Home Builders Association of Dayton, Ohio. We're super excited to talk to Eric today about all things design. Today's episode is about designing better lives through relationships and developing leaders. Eric, welcome to the show. Marcus, thanks for having me, man. I'm, uh, I love what you're doing with this platform. It is, it is a great tool to just learn and and for me, being kind of a quote outsider to kind of the residential construction industry, it also gives me just a little bit of more insight um, as I'm trying to constantly learn and evolve to, to, to lead a better organization. We're honored to have you and uh, just don't tell anybody, we're, we're both out here trying to learn by doing this. So thanks for, yeah. thanks for jumping on and, and uh, sharing a little bit of your story and what you've got going on with the Home Builders Association. Yeah, man. Hey, why don't we start off and uh, why don't you share a little bit about yourself, family, work, kind of what life looks like for Eric? Yeah, man. Uh, I think, and as, as this conversation unfolds, I think that some of these will be undercurrents of everything that as we design our better lives, it's, these are the things that we focus around. It's, it's our work. It's our, it's our family life. Um, and start there. It's, it's a family of five kids. Um, running around in every different direction between football practices, cheerleading practices, tumbling, basketball, lacrosse. I mean, we're pulled in, we're pulled in a lot of different directions uh, from a family standpoint. Um, my wife and I both are, are tackling this thing together. I think as we've evolved in our relationship as well, it is a very, it's a very team-oriented approach to you know just making sure that we are doing we're leading our family um, in the right way um, creating humans that are going to be uh, really responsible people that uh, have a great work ethic that appreciate hard work that appreciate the things that that they they work for and at the end of the day we're just trying to you know we're just trying to make them the best versions of themselves i think uh, at times people can get caught up in wanting to be the best wanting to be the next fill in the blank, whether it's a rock star or a sports athlete. Um, but I think what it comes down to from leading the family is pulling out the best of the individual um, and helping them create the best version of themselves. Because at the end of the day, if we can strive to be the best version of our, ourselves, um, everybody that is in our orbit is going to be exponentially better as well. So, you know, that's the family life that's running around chasing those kids, but at the same time trying to lead a family. Um, work is, works. it's a great, it's a great endeavor. Um, the Home Builders Association um, in Dayton is one of the oldest uh, local associations across the National Federation of Home Builders. And we have a tremendous opportunity in front of us um, because of our legacy, we have tremendous support from our past presence, from membership. Um, but I also think we have this great opportunity now with kind of this new wave of, of the next generation of builders in the Dayton area 
to kind of come on board and say, hey, what do we want the Home Builders Association to look like five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now? What's our legacy? To use your guys' slogan here, it's how are we going to design the, the association to be better? Um, whether that's better initiatives, whether that's better benefits, whether that's just being better organizationally. It's, it's a great undertaking. Um, I've worked with some great people on, on our board. Um, we have great members that, that pour into what we do every day. But, you know, the overall mission of that is, is to elevate the, the presence of the residential construction industry in Dayton, the, the economic catalyst that construction means to the, to the region is, is very profound. Um, and I think if we can continue to tell that story, uh, we can continue to get more buy-in um, and more belief in, in the economic impact that residential construction has on the, on the Dayton, uh, Dayton region and, and growing this, this economy here from a, from a build perspective. Um, and then on the other side of it is, is the passion. Um, you know, I think, I think passion for design really comes from a couple of different places. Uh, first, it's that inner loop that is constantly running through our minds about who we truly are. Um, and then secondly, uh, it's the doing that creates the passion. And I think it, 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 it is in that order. Um, I mean, for me, it's kind of atypical uh, definition um, because my professional world is people that are actually building their homes. They're, they're helping people build their dreams. Um, so I get to live that firsthand. Um, and then from, a, from the organization standpoint, it's we get to build, um, we get to design the roadmap for success. Um, and I think that then intersects with how are we designing our lives internally, whether it's work, home, life, and finding that, that, that balance with, with everything. Your, your journey is not too dissimilar from mine. A lot of exposure to, to sports and a number of different industries, but the opportunity to see, to watch, experience, some of the craftsmen and craftswomen that were around in our industries is, is remarkable. Um, what, yeah. what do you think is, uh, what are some of the biggest challenges you, you see out in front of your industry or, or the folks within in the Home Builders Association world? Well, I think, um, I think one of the biggest challenge is on the horizon is how do we embrace technology uh, maybe a little bit more readily? I think, I think there's technology can be used for some tremendous ways to improve process and procedures. Um, building a home is not exclusive of using technology, um, whether that be more 3D virtual space, whether that's augmented reality, potentially. Um, I think any way that we can meet the te technology gap within the industry, um, I think that's a challenge that is not readily accepted either, but I think it presents an opportunity. Um, and again, then technology all of a sudden, that's the big picture, right? It's the 3D and it's the AI that I think is really the, the sexy thing to look at. But I also think it's how do you use technology to create better processes and procedures internally? Can you, can you simplify a CRM? Can you simplify your accounting processes? Um, can you streamline your workflow in a better way than just a paper and pen on your desk. And I think improving our technology within the space, I think is an opportunity, but it is something that I foresee, uh, that I see today as, as a hindrance, uh, if you will. Um, so I think that's one of them. And then I think the other side of it, Marcus, as I, 
as I look to who we are here locally, and I've said it, I said it before, but it's, it's how do we tell our story? How do we craft our story? So that it, it, is, it is intertwined with um, economic Im impact within region. National statistics would tell you that for every 100 new single family homes, it creates 297 full-time jobs, drives $11 million in local, state, and federal taxes, and creates $28 million in wage and business revenue. You scale that by homes completed and home starts within a given region, and all of a sudden we are holding the key to an economic engine that I don't think we yet even appreciate. So I think a challenge for me from an organization standpoint is how do we craft a better story how do we have key stakeholders and community influencers believe in that story so that we can broadcast that a lot more robustly so that it's not just building a single home. It's building homes, it's building communities, it's building economic wealth for a region. So I think those two things, although they are separate, one is more specific to the trades and then the other specific to our organization as a whole. There's, there's so much, I, I feel like there's so much sort of wind in your sails and so much momentum as, a, as an industry, given we're all stuck at home. You and I are doing this virtually uh, here today, and, and there's been a lot of investments in home, and I think a lot of people are experiencing that in this, in this overall sector of home improvement building, craftsmen, trades folks. And I, what, what, what's, the, what's the momentum look like for, for the HBA today? Like, where, where do you... Where are you feeling um, the organization going and what's, the, what's pulling you forward right now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I, I, I think the easy answer, but it, it is the right answer, is the people and it's the organizations that are a part of the association. Um, the, the amount of work that is done every day on a single home to get land ready to develop, to create um, to create these beautiful communities. Um, it starts and stops with the people and it's the investment in the trades. It's the belief in the trades that, that really carries the industry here in Dayton. You know, we have, we have builders that represent some of the largest builders uh, across the country. Um, and then we have builders that are, you know, they're building two or three homes, just trying to perfect their craft. And then when you just think of that, and then you think of all the other, um, kind of components or other members that also then play a role in it. It's, it's the cab, it's the, it's the California closets, it's the, it's the plumbers, it's the electricians and so forth. Everybody that invests their time, energy and resources into driving this engine forward. That's where all the credit lies. It is in the people. It's in the people day to day that are doing the actual work. How much of the conversations today at, at, at your level or in, in your department, your team, your conversations centers around design? I think we see a lot of, of trends and a lot of things that so many people are talking about uh, as it relates to finishes and, and palettes and different design elements. How much of that makes its way into your world? You know, you know, not necessarily into my world from the organization standpoint. Um, I am very intentional in connecting with builders to go tour their home. Everybody's got something different that is really cool and, and really stands out. Um, and because of that, design does matter. 
and where design really matters is when you get really custom with with a builder who's working with a client and now it is it is it is walking them through the entire process not just the blueprints but now it's also selecting your cabinets selecting your finishes selecting your countertops selecting your door handles etc and so forth and to make them all you know to make them all look alike so that there's a seamless flow from one room to the next and doesn't look like it's disjointed or or disconnected and that's really a craft and a skill that that the builders have when they're when they're working with their clients um to kind of steer to steer a client when all of a sudden they want the green instead of the blue it's like no this actually works better because of x y and z that it's led up to this point um so i'm constantly amazed uh, when i sit down and when i talk to the builders the eye they have for those type of details um, you and I and the average person can walk through a home and not notice the details that the builders that, that the HBA represents can't see and can really tell you why they work. So on the design side, it's not me so much from an organization standpoint, but it's me down on the personal level with the builders, understanding who they are, understanding their processes, understanding selections, et cetera, and so forth. Do you think about the, the vision of the HBA, the, uh, the, the designing that you're doing from an organization perspective? How do you see the, your association or really the, the, the entire sort of body of associations evolving the next five to 10 years? Like what, what, where do you see that going? Um, that's a great question, Marcus. Um, I think in order to serve our members better, we have to amplify our our message, our storytelling, um, and I think that happens in a, in a number of different ways. I think a that has to happen internally um, from a from an outreach to our members, so that they understand what why they're a part of the bigger story. If they don't even understand why they're a part of the story, it's then hard for us to amplify a message if we don't even have step one correct. So I think that begins with. Um, it begins with explaining the benefits of becoming a member. Um, and then the second part of it is branching us out in, into the community. How do we better, how do we better serve the community? How do we become a resource for the consumers? Because at the end of the day, if the consumers aren't educated, if the consumers aren't willing to engage, then there's a big, there's a big divide between who we are, who we represent and the end person in mind. So I think one iteration of the evolution is also serving the consumers a lot better. How do we better educate them? How do we better equip them with even knowing the fundamentals of building a home um, in terms of what is, what is a draw that the bank has? Um, I think if the consumers become more educated, then they have a better understanding of what they're getting involved in. So I think that's another evolution of who we need to become. And then I think another prong of that I would revert back to the economic engine that we represent. It's that storytelling. I think you can bundle up this whole thought into just refining our storytelling. And so we can A, better serve the members, B, better serve the end consumer, and C, have a very, very visible presence within the communities that we serve. Um, and there's a lot of things that fall under there from the membership engagement is how do we evolve? What, what do our members want? What do they need from us? Do they want us to just kind of say, hey, you guys are doing a great job, 
uh, we're good the way we are, or are they going to say, Hey, we need X, Y, and Z for our membership to be really benefit beneficial. You know, we, we compete with other associations, other organizations for membership. So what is our differentiator? Why is somebody going to invest their time, energy, and resources into being a member of the HBA when they could do X, Y, or Z? So I think that's another, that's, that's kind of an undercurrent in how do we serve our members better? It's always keeping them top of mind and listening is how we, is how we grow in the next five to 10 years. Great. Yeah, I think there's a, I don't know if it's an industry thing, but but letting the work speak for itself, the, the incredible work that's done in, in, in all your constituents, the homes that are being built within your association. But there is an element of, of telling the stories that some of the statistics and the impact that you've shared, somebody's got to kind of beat that drum a little bit more loudly. I think there, yeah. there's a lot of impact that's probably not even realized. And some of that was news to me. So yeah, finding, mm -hmm. finding the story is, is certainly sounds like it's an opportunity. Yeah. Well, Eric, listen, I think, it, you know, you're, you're, you're the consummate professional, always, uh, you know, staying sharp, looking for an edge. Uh, I've taken a lot of cues from you. We were just rapping for a bit before we started recording here about book recommendations. So you added to the, the pile behind me that I've not read. Uh, what's, a, what's, a, what's a professional like you? Like, how do you, how do you stay sharp? Like, where do you find your inspiration and keep your edge? Um. I think it's, uh, for me, it's, 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 it's appreciating what's around me, to be honest with you. Um, it's slowing down a little bit and taking time to invest in the things that are important. Um, for me personally, um, I, although there are five kids and a crazy house of running seven different directions all at once, um, being able to be in the present is critically important for me. So that is when I, when I, you know, when I step foot in my home, it's phone away and invest that time in the kids. Um, sitting at a football game, it's easy to pull out your phone during a timeout. But, you know, when there's the other ones running around and doing their thing, it's how do you be fully present? So I think that also then mirrors um, the way I try to lead um, this organization is being present with the task at hand. It's um, not having a to-do list because I think that gets – that just gets, it, ne it never ends, Marcus. If you, if you create a to-do list, you're inevitably just adding to it. So it's, it's how do you have a singular focus, execute that focus, and then be able to move on to the next. I was a firm believer a long time ago that multitasking is a, is a skill and it should be a line item on a resume. I firmly believe now that there is no such thing as multitasking. You can't adequately and effectively contribute your time and energy into multiple tasks at once. Inevitably, something's going to get left off. And so it's how do you challenge, how do I challenge myself uh, day to day, moment by moment to be fully present? If it's this podcast, it's, I mean, it's shut down the computers, have a clear desk so that it is fully investing in this opportunity to engage with you. If it's a phone call with, with a builder, it's how do you be fully present? Marcus, it's something as simple as when you take somebody out to lunch and if your phone is on the table, what, is, what message is that sending both to the receiver and to you? What message are you sending? You know, if you're fully present, that phone can be right in your pocket. It can buzz all at once. But if you're fully present and investing in that relationship and or opportunity, then I think that's how we grow as leaders. 
And I think that's a challenge and it's not easy and I'm not perfect at it. I would just say I'm not even good at it, but I think I'm constantly reminding myself, be present, be in the moment, fully invest in that moment so that the outcome is then greater. You may, you may have to put something off to tomorrow or the next day, but if you can singularly focus on one task at a time, I think it increases my chances to being successful at that, whatever that is. Great, man, what, what, a, what a solid, um, what a solid almost challenge, I think, of, of being present. I'm also trying to rack my brain and think about the last time that we may have broken bread together, and if I put yeah. my phone on the table, so I'll, I'll think back to that. <laughs> If that was a reality. That's that's. I think that level of intentionality is hard to find, and something that we should strive for. And I know my uh, kids have a way of humbling us. I know my kids have challenged me to yes. not uh, not pick up my phone. So yes, a hundred percent. But you know, it's 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 like I said, Marcus. It's I'm not even good at it, but I try to be focused on it. And when I feel like I can focus on that, then all of a sudden everything becomes a little bit more clear. So next time you're next time we do break bread, man, if we can both be intentional about that, or the next time you grab a coffee with a colleague or grab coffee with just an acquaintance, imagine how much fuller that relationship would be if you, if we as individuals could just practice that one small thing. I mean, it may go unnoticed by the receiver, but I can tell you this much, I find a little bit more satisfaction in that hour, that 90 minutes of invested time. Because like I said, we can only do one thing at a time and be fully present. So if we're only going to do one thing and be fully present, we might as well maximize that and really give it all, give it our all. What about a couple quick hits here, Eric? Um, yes. Best, best book. What's, a, what's the best book or a top book you've recently read that you'd recommend? So recently, recently is a book called Beginner's Pluck um, by Liz Orkin Bohannon. She spoke at the Global Leadership Summit in 2019. She's got a tremendous story. Um, and it's kind of a play on the words beginner's luck, but it's beginner's pluck. Um, I'll let your audience kind of do the, do the background on why it's called that. But I think it's a, it's a beautiful book about always beginning with beginner's mindset um, and the growth that comes from that. So that's the recent book. And then two books that have been staples in my life um, are Facing Your Giants, by Max Lucado, just a beautiful, beautiful book um, on how you face challenges with a, with a, with a spiritual component to it. And then the other one's The Alchemist um, by Paulo Kahlo. Uh, I think it's just a great fable that really applies to a lot of different things that we can endeavor in, in our own lives. Solid recommendations, adding them to the cart as we speak. Um, how about go, man. advice from a mentor, someone that's Drop some wisdom over your, your adult life here that impacted you. Yeah, so my background before I was with the Home Builders Association, um, I was a basketball coach. Uh, I had dreams and aspirations of coaching in a Final Four for the University of Dayton, my alma mater, and I was fortunate enough to work uh, at the University of Dayton. And the, the guy at the time, one of my greatest mentors for four years, uh, he's now an assistant coach with the Oklahoma City Thunder. It was one of my first days on the job, and I'm this I'm this twenty something kid that thinks I'm going to set the world on fire, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna bypass all the steps along the way, and I'm gonna get my own program, and then we're gonna recruit, and we're gonna win championships. And I just remember him sitting down and saying, "Eric, 
the players, they don't know how much you care until they, they don't, sorry, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that is just something that stuck with me, not just from a basketball perspective, but a relationship perspective. Nobody cares that I can do X, Y, or Z unless they believe in me, unless they trust me. Um, and the only way you do that is if you are, are pouring into someone's life first. If you're the first to react, to pour into somebody's life, if you're the first to, to really take notice and want that relationship, I've lived a life believing that it is reciprocated exponentially, but it takes the first step. And then that's where trust comes. And I'm a big believer in relationships. I think relationships are what makes this all go, what makes a community, a tribe, if you will, function. And without relationships, there is no trust. And without trust, then you don't build that community. And I think all that reverts back to they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, that's solid. Well, here at each episode, uh, we ask our guests to challenge the Designing Better Lives community with the, something specific uh, that you challenge them to be more intentional and design a better life for themselves, their team, their community or someone else what uh what's a challenge you'd like to leave us with today yeah i think i think the one is uh, i'm gonna do it twice because one we already kind of touched on and that's just let's just be present be fully present but i think before that is just to slow down i mean the pace of our lives marcus you, you're running around with dropping your your kids off at school and then it's right into work and then all of a sudden it's an inbox of 500 things that you've got to do um, and then couple that with the noise from a social media feed, couple that with the noise of a disgruntled employee, couple that with the noise of your own personal stuff that you're dealing with. Um, if we can all just slow down first and just, just realize that we are all doing the best we can, if we're evolving to be the best versions of ourselves, sometimes the pace at which we're doing it, we're not going to get there. We're going to burn ourselves out. We're going to run ourselves ragged. We're going to upset the people around us. I would challenge this tribe to just slow down, whatever that looks like, um, and not accelerate right now. Um, I think everybody being at home with the way the world is today, uh, there's a lot of noise. Um, and we just got to take a deep breath, realize that we're all doing the best we can with the information that we have, with the kids that are running around, with the, with the new way the world is, if we can just all just slow down and appreciate what we have today, then I think we can then evolve into being more present, which then evolves into whatever's next for, for our own individual growth. It's a great, it's a great word to wrap on. Eric, I'm, I'm really grateful to have you on the Designing Better Lives podcast today, a chance to just connect further about the work that you and your team are doing at the HBA uh, there in Dayton. Yeah. Well, Marcus, don't sell yourself short, man. Um, this is, this is an awesome, awesome resource for me. Um, you're a tremendous, you know, you're a tremendous voice of positive, positive reinforcement, even if it's just a, a post here and there, man. So there, this, this thanks is reciprocated exponentially on this side, man. Rick, where can uh, the Designing Better Lives community connect with you or learn more about the work that you're doing? 
Yeah, so uh, on, on LinkedIn, I'm probably very active on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me, uh, Eric Farrell, um, on LinkedIn. Um, my Twitter handle is probably a little bit more sports themed, and that's where I get my coaching fix in. But if anybody wants to find me, uh, it's on there as well. Uh, uh, it's at Eric, A-I-R-R-I-C-K, underscore, underscore. Um, or just connect with me via email and I'd love to I'd love to jump on a call or, or grab a coffee if people are in the area and, and just pour into each other and learn and grow by learning from one another. Eric, thanks again. All the best to you and the, the team of builders and, and your board there in Dayton. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks for listening to our Designing Better Lives conversation today. If you haven't already, please head over to iTunes or your podcast platform and leave a rating or review. We're always looking for opportunities to learn and grow and appreciate your support along the way.